Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, welcome to our Fantasy Podcast, episode 31. I'm your host, Peter, joined this week by Tom Angura. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, very good, thank you. You know how's yourself? Yep, doing very well, thank you. Good, we're all back after Tom's hiatus last week, but we're back. We're back, bye-bye. So, we'll go to the league first. <laughs> Number one is Wolf Tone, Tom McClary, seven points. Second is Conquering Lions, Robbie Dempsey, 76 points. Third is Guna Yourself, Los Pimentores, 76 points. If you go down to... Where is it? I've lost it. 13 for the league, Horizon, Sad, Asad, A. Hassan, her on two points. And that was him using two chips this week as well. He used the bench boost and the wild card. And he captain Devlin for minus four. So let's go through his team. Three checking goals, five points. Tavernier, two. Taylor, 11. Devlin, like mentioned, minus four. Tate, seven. Dermot, seven. McGrath, four. Turnbull, 13. Campbell, 14. Pittman, five. Edouard Weiss, 20 points. Kelly in goals, seven. Cole, three. Barisic, two. And Callan, six. An eclectic mix there you can see from his team. So the average this week was 35 points. The highest was 113. We got between us, uh, Peter got 55, Tom got 36, Gunnar 76. So you want to talk through your team, uh, your points. You go first, Tom. Um, so I had Lewis in goals for zero. I triple captain Tav for six. <laughs> uh, vice captain Devlin for minus two. Ayer got me nine, Goldson two. In midfield, I had Turnbull with 13, Robinson one, Kilty three. McGrath four, and up front I had Cole for three and Roof for one. Um, not really too much missed out on the bench apart from Seagrist who got seven, so I was better off starting him and go. Better disaster this week for you, Tom, but yep. nothing you can do about it. Gunnar, what are you talking your 76 points? Yeah, five points, Strijic with a safe penalty in goals, two points from Barisic, four points, Captain Tavernier. Goldson got me two points, Ayer nine points, then I got uh, four points from McGrath. Turnbull and Boyle got me 13 points each. A point of Nisbet, Cole for three points, and vice-captain Edward. Okay. I had Marciano on goal for seven. Sorry. Sorry, my throat there. Seven. Vice-captain Kenny for 17 points. Chuff for that one. Barisic, Golson, two points each. Tavernier, captain, four. McGregor, eight. Turnbull, 13. Robinson, one. Ferguson minus one, Oakley up front with Nisbet, one each, and the bench, Anik was suspended for the first game, so he wasn't in it. Guthrie's injured, Brophy, I don't know what's happened with him, and Mullen missed out because of a COVID scare, I believe. So above average, but still could have done better. So 
There is no topic this week. Just quickly cover the cup again. All the graphics are out of the bracket, thanks to Gunnar Soft All Out. So you can see who you've got your route to the final. Use a hashtag HHFP Cup and talk with your partners who you're playing. Not your partners, what's the point to talk to your partners? Talk to your opponents. <laughs> I suppose we're close to the game week, we'll push us more. We get to game week 32, we can start getting a debate up. With a great uh, upturn of the community, people talk about it, looking forward to it. So I'm quite looking forward to it myself. The hard work's done for now, so just when game week 32 comes around, we'll be up to neck it again for a week, but we'll be fine. So, stat. Guru hasn't got one this week. Good, because normally it's an anti-Celtic stat that he comes out with, which is... <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's not got one. We've won three games of trot. <laughs> you know, actually, I have, I have something positive here, uh, stat-wise, then. Highest score in this game week was Stephen Welsh with 15 points overall in, in the game. He was the highest scoring. Good well Cope, done, him. Good Cope Bridge lad as well, eh, Tom? That's right. Our home, well, my oh, hometown, yeah. your, your new hometown. <laughs> so, what's your stat then, Tom? Um, so my stat is Martin Boyle at Hibs. In the last three games, he's had four goals and one assist. So that's pretty good going, I think. Excellent. Yeah, so, you know, I, I did, when I was writing this up, the Hibs game, I was like, Boyle, I feel I'm writing Boyle constantly. Now, you say the last few game weeks, he's either in the goals or the assists. So... Go to the results then. First up, Celtic 2, Motherwell 1. Guru, you mentioned earlier on. Welsh gets his first goal for Celtic. Edward goal. Turnbull assist. McGregor assist. And for Motherwell, Campbell goal through the hologram that is Scott Bain and O'Donnell assist. So thoughts on the game, Tom? Um, yep, so as you said, Turnbull got the assist for the first goal. He was also top for shots on target in this game with three. No other Celts got more than one. Um, Edward had one. Um, as well, he had. Hold on. <laughs> oh, he had one shot on target, and he scored with it. His other two shots were off target; one was blocked. He also missed a big chance as well. Um, the second game in a row that Greg Taylor was the highest for key passes. Uh, he created Edward's big chance. Um, I think there's good assist potential there. Um, he's actually top for assists. Uh, as among Celtic defenders and there's a bit of clean sheet ability there as well uh, the next double is St Johnston away and Aberdeen at home we know Aberdeen are lacking a bit up front and St Johnston have been a bit hit or miss recently as well so good clean sheet potential there Motherwell had some good spells of attack and play as well I really like Devante Cole as an option I think we'll talk about him on the, more on the next Motherwell game They've got Hamilton next, and then they've got another double after that, which is St. Johnston and St. Mirren. So I think Devante Cole, if you've not already got him, he's won the target there. You know what's in the game? I don't know how harsh you can be on, on Bain and goals there. The shot was deflected, wasn't it? Or did it just look like that? I don't reject it. Was it deflection? I, just, it was... I thought it was deflected a little bit but from like eye or yeah, sky, and just, that's it what that... it like lifted over him. It's no, I, thought it was more like a, I thought it was more of an arching shot just over the over the top. Yeah, I didn't yeah, see okay, it. Fair, fair play. I just, I've got these, obviously, programmed in my head about Scott Bear, and it just looked like the ball came to him and it went through him because he's not really mm. there. But anyway, back to your thoughts. <laughs> and the other thing I noticed, uh, we spoke about uh, John Joe Kenny signing for Celtic and uh, that he wasn't supposed to be this like attacking wing-back. Uh, so, some of the highlights that I've seen uh, was of him actually being quite, quite forward. I think even got a shot off uh, at the one time. That's just something that, well, it's, it's probably coming through the system 
that Celtic are trying to play, but uh, I, when we had spoken about him, I, I wasn't expecting him to actually like play play this role, and I think he did he did well in the game. Yep, yeah. I had the one vice, so I was happy with the points. Mm-hmm. Good. I, I will say I'm not going to get carried away. I just think he's a right-footed Greg Taylor. That's just the watching. I don't think he's much an upgrade. Really, maybe he's more positional solid. Again. Celtic seem to be cruising and then until a lot of crazy substitutions by Neil Lennon and then the game could have fell apart and it wasn't for Diego Laxell at the end clean the ball off the line they could be talking about two weeks strong right next up Hibs 2 Aberdeen 0 Boyle 2 goals Stevenson assist and a clean sheet for Hibs and a beleaguered Aberdeen look look right off the pace so going to go you first I thought that was overall just a really good Hibs performance just by watching the highlights, I couldn't really tell you what Aberdeen was trying to do, what the what the gameplay gameplay one was that they had. Definitely missing Ryan Hedges and his cre- creativity. Um, I looked that up earlier. Martin Boyle, he's only twenty percent owned. In comparison, Greg Kilty, for example, he's twenty three point four percent owned. So he, he's. I brought him in this week. He was a nice differential. I got lucky. I got him off the bench uh, because I had two players not playing from from Livy, and. I think on Aberdeen, I've seen the, the vote of confidence there for McInnes. But like if it wasn't for Joe Lewis, Hibs could have probably won by more goals. You know, he picked up uh, like he picked up from, from his mistakes that he made in the in the last couple of games. But this game he he really kept them in the game for a while there, but it should have probably been three or four for, for Hibs. Yep, I agree with that. Tom, thoughts on the game? Yep, um, so it was Boyle and Doidge up front. Nisbet was benched again. Um, Boyle was really attacking in this game. He had four shots on target. He was the only player on the pitch to exceed one. He did miss two big chances. There was the Murphy through ball and then Jack Snowden, uh, the ball. He played, he played into the box, so it could have been more for Boyle. We've already talked about how, how well he's done in the last three games. I don't know how long that'll last, Um given, obviously, Nisbet's the, the top scorer this season. How long is he going to stay on the bench? I suppose it depends on how long he spits the dummy for. Um, Aberdeen only had a single shot on target in this game, and it came from Ross McCrory. Uh, it was Fraser Hornby that started up front for them, and he did hit the woodwork. Uh, he's on loan from Reims. He plays for the under-21 Scottish national team, so he'll be familiar with some of the, the players at Aberdeen already. Uh, in terms of going forward, I really like Hibs for their clean sheet potential. Obviously, got a clean sheet in this game. They've got Ross County, Hamilton, Motherwell, St. Johnston, and Livingston. That's the run up to the split. So, I think that's probably one of the better run ups, considering they don't compete against Celica Rangers in that time. Uh, Paul McGinn's top for shot amongst Hibs defenders with seven for this season, and also big chances as well. One thing we need to look out for is uh, Jackson Irvin. I think he came off injured. So, we need to kind of look at the press and see what his status is for the, the weekend. Okay. We question the both of you here then. Derek McInnes is under a lot of pressure after this game. A lot of fans online aren't happy either. So, if it was you, would you stick a twist? I mean, we've seen already this this season a lot of good decisions made to replace the manager that actually worked out for the club who's replaced them. Like, Livingston's a bit prime example. Now, obviously, McInnes will have his defenders who say he's done well for Aberdeen. Can you remember what they were like before? Blah, 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 blah. But he stayed, he's probably stayed there longer than a manager should. So what's your thoughts on McInnes? Do you think 
Jacob at the end of the season to replace him. We'll start with you, Gunnar, because you're playing this Scottish game. See, that's probably better for, for you guys to answer. But like you say, he's been there for a while. And like from my personal opinion, I don't know who you bring in now. Transfer windows closed and stuck with him now. And he's been there so long. It could go either way. He's probably made like all the structures in place for him being the manager there because he's been there for, for so many years. And uh, yeah, like I say, it could, it could go either way. And just me personally, I, I don't know uh, what caliber of manager they they could bring in to turn it around or, or, or if, if their best bet is just sticking with him and then maybe uh, see again in the summer. Give yourself, Tom's thoughts on this. I'd stick for now. Um, I thought he had Aberdeen playing well at the start of the season. They've had a bit of, they've had a bit of bad luck with COVID and stuff like that. Um, he's also replaced the entire sort of strikers. The, obviously, Cosgrove's out, Curtis Main's away, um, and Brian Anderson, he's away on loan to Hamilton as well. So he's brought in complete new strike force, so they need time to bed then. He's time to develop with those as well. So, as you said, there's not much you can till the end of the season now. Why not just stick to stick with him till the summer and see how things develop? Okay, caveat as well. I know he's on a hell of a lot of money because I believe when he knocked back knocked back one of the championships, one job, Sunderland, I think, coming out of my head, that part of the deal was he knocked it back, but Aberdeen uh, matched the wage he was going to get. So he's pretty much paid not far off Neil Lennon-type wages for an Aberdeen job. So right. that, would be, that would be a big comp package. Right, next up, Livingston 1, St Johnson 2, winning streaks over. Or winning streak, unbeaten streak even. Pittman goal, Holt assist, and for St Johnson, Tanzer goal, Rooney goal, and a Craig assist. So thoughts on this one, Tom? Uh, yeah, so this was Livingston's first loss after 14 games unbeaten. Uh, Guthrie was out injured for this game. I thought it was quite telling. I thought the the, the back line didn't seem as organised and as, as solid as they have been in the past, so he's perhaps the, the missing link there. Uh, I thought it was a really good free kick from Tanzer. He's had two goals this season, zero assists, so he's probably not the best defender to invest in, um, but it was a nice goal nonetheless. Um, another set piece they conceded from uh, for the second as well. Uh, the, the Livingston are really good defensively, apart from the recent 2-2 Celtic game. That's the first time they've conceded two or more goals in a game since October. So they're pretty solid. Um, and also uh, the boy in uh, goals there, Strijic, he saved Stevie May's penalty as well. So he's a decent option in goal. So I quite like the Livingston defence going forward. They've had a few um, few key players missing recently, um, whether it be injury or COVID. So my advice would probably be stick with for now. I don't think anyone specifically stood out Amongst the, the St. Johnston side, I kind of you said I banged the drum for Guy Mohammed last pod, um, <laughs> but he's been a bit absent recently, so maybe it's just a bit of a flash in the pan. So I'll keep an eye out for that one. Hey, good on yourself. I agree with what Tom said there. They definitely missed a couple of key players, definitely uh, Guthrie there. Strider with a penalty safe was good for my points total in the end. Um, and overall, I had two players that didn't play, so I got Martin Boyle off the bench as well. But I think the players that I have uh, is the Mullen and Guthrie as well. So uh, I'll stick with them. Like we say, first defeat in 15 games now. Uh, and probably in a, in a way, it's probably good for them as well. So people stop talking about the winning streak. A uh, bit of pressure gone there as well. And they can just focus on the football now going forward. Yeah. You know, I, I was kind of glad because I thought he was, he was getting a bit blasé with irritation, supposedly, because he feel it was on some run. But 
it's came to light. It was like a bit of COVID outbreak, wasn't it, Tom? Something to do with the Tony Macaroni actual thing. Something's, I stopped all out. The story's not completely out yet, but something's going to happen where it was a, maybe a wee breach of the rules, so players were missing or self-isolating as just a precaution. So maybe it isn't the fact it was rotating. Maybe it was just the fact they had to do it because it was forced in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, I would agree. I've got three Livingston players. I'm going to keep the freedom. I might change one to another. I like Pittman up front. I think he's quite regular for scores. And Robinson's not as nailed on as I thought he was. He was playing at position. So I'll sneak in. I will keep an eye on that and watch him if they change that about. Uh, St. Johnson, again, they're hit and miss. Like you say, Tom, you bring players in and they could do well one week. I feel looking through this last couple of game weeks there, there's not a name that's repeating itself. It's always different goal scorers, always different assists. There's nobody kind of constantly returning. So you can rely yeah. on it. It's just it's always changing. So there's nobody to hang your hat on. Next up, Ross County nil, Dungeon 2, Shankland goal, Edwards goal, Smith assist, and a Paul assist, and a clean sheet Dungeon United. So what's this one going Yeah, that was United's uh, first win in eight games. Took until the second half for United to break the deadlock. Shankland, he had two almost uh, identical chances in the first half where he overhit it slightly trying to go around the keeper. Uh, and then for the first goal, though, Shankland, I thought it was great centre-forward play. He's, he's kind of started the move there uh, on the counter-attack. And then he's, he's made this run from the far post to the near post where, uh, yeah, where he put the ball in the net. And for the second goal was Edwards, Paulette with the right-sided corner. And he's got like three or four defenders around him, but he still wins the header. And the thing is, in my opinion, you can't really make much of that. First win in eight games, it, it needed a counter-attack and, and then a corner for them to, to even get into scoring chances. So Don United assets, I'm, I'm looking at the fixtures as well. There's Livy, there's Rangers in there, there's Celtic coming up, Aberdeen in game week 33 as well. So... I'm staying away from Don United, even Shankland. Tom? Uh, yeah, even Shankland. He, he did have a one-on-one with uh, Laidlaw twice up until the point where he actually scored. He didn't manage to capitalise on the, the two one-on-ones up until that point, mm-hmm. which um, wasn't great. Um, for Ross County, it was Billy Mackay and Jordan White up front. We know Jordan White is on loan from Motherwell. He had a great debut with a goal and assist, but not a lot this week. Ollie Shaw was benched, so... We don't know if Big Yogi's trying to find his still trying to find his best eleven or what, or if he just was if he's a bit of rotation or just not up to it. But something to keep an eye on. Rotation might be a concern there. Um, I agree with Gunnar in terms of Dundee United's fixtures. They've got uh, Rangers, Celtic, and Aberdeen between now and the split. So there's a lot more teams with more attractive fixtures, potentially some doubles as well, which I don't think Dundee United have. So it's an avoid for for me. I think Ross County, the only one I would consider is Ollie Shaw, but even he's a bit of a concern now, considering he's not a consistent starter. Yep, I agree with both of you. So I wouldn't be looking to get any of these players or any of these teams. I would just keep an eye on form for maybe the split, because obviously, don't you had, I know they can be dragged in it, but if they keep on getting results here or there, they won't be anywhere near relegation, but Ross County are still there, very much in it. So it's just whether it's... You keep trying to get players form, the form of both teams, and after the split, if you're going to have... A, obviously, everybody's got a wild card, and what players are going to try to pick the bottom six, hopefully they come back for you. Right, next up is St. Mirren 2, Kilmarnock 0, McAllister goal, Obika goal, Dunmas assist, and a clean sheet for St. Mirren. Go on. 
That was the fifth consecutive loss for Killy. First goal was Dormush. He with the cross onto uh, onto the head of McAllister, and then the second goal Obika. That was some terrible defending, just uh, proceeding that from Power, who just couldn't get the ball away. Uh, but good decisive pressure then from from Obika. Have he, Killy uh, hired a new manager yet? Yeah, yep. Tommy yep. White. Tommy that, White. That's ah, the next okay. one. We'll discuss that after the second game. But when you go, I sound so totally out of form obviously Kili uh, Kabamba I don't know if it was this one or the second one where he just uh, came off the bench didn't start the game uh, I said it before 23.4% still have Greg Kilty uh, in their teams he he must have like I've not looked but he must have not returned in, in weeks now I would presume as well um, yeah that's another team I'm, I'm staying away Kili Tom I think Kilty has been out with injury and it was um, it was kind of surprised to see him in the starting 11 for this game but he was there. Um, in terms of St Mirren, they lined up in a 3-4-2-1 formation. It was a beak up front with McGrath and McAllister, the two behind. It was McGrath that was the only one that didn't come away with a goal, however. Uh, it wasn't for lack of trying. He had five shots, two of which were on target and missed two big chances. Uh, I was going to say he probably wanted to, to stick with for the, the upcoming doubles, but as we'll probably find out when we talk about the Celtic game, he, he came off injured with a, a shoulder issue. Um, Kilty, as we said, is back for Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock only had a single shot on target in this game. It came from Danny Whitehall. Uh, they've only scored in one game from the last five, which was the 3-2 game against St. Johnston. It's been two goals and two for Abika. Um, and it was a big it was a big blunder from Kelly's uh, power. I think he was mucking about with it, the ball in the box and then Abika just nicked it off him and, and, and scored from that, so... It was gifted to him a little bit, but he's not been looking too bad recently, Abika, and he obviously starts in the next game after that as well, so he's maybe he's cementing a place there in the starting eleven. Right, just to kind of echo your thoughts, Kilmarnock on kind of free fall. Need to wait and see how the new manager does things. I wouldn't be taking any of the players on board. St Mern's kind of funny one because they've always double fixtures, fair enough. It didn't really work out me who I'd brought in, didn't work, so it's a, a failure that way. But if they do finish top six... They're going to be playing the best five teams in the league, and then I don't expect them to get much points from it. So, one of the situations again, like I mentioned last time, where teams are seven for eight, we set more points this month. I think we'll be playing the bigger teams and probably not get much returns. So, something to keep an eye on in case we kind of keep this form up, but it's something to watch going forward. Right, the last game of the first round of fixtures was Hamilton one, Rangers one. So, Easton's an own goal for Rangers in Callahan. Scored at the death to make it one each. So obviously a lot of wipeouts. People with a different lot Rangers fought. So what's your thoughts on this game, Gunnar? Yeah, it was really all Rangers for three quarters of the game, but then from like the seventieth minute on, Hamilton they really started to put the pressure on. McGregor he he kept Rangers. Uh, he kept he kept the scores level, and he he was probably Rangers' best player uh, up till then. And um, you could probably say that Rangers' goal came against the run of play at the time when it was scored. And then with nothing to lose, Hamilton, they, they threw the kitchen sink at Rangers and uh, they, they got something. Uh, I mean, it was a cross from the left, first saved by McGregor, then put away by Callahan. Barisic, he's so slow to react to the ball and after the save from, from McGregor. And you can hear someone straight after, um, because there's no fans, obviously, uh, you can hear someone say, I told you there was another one coming, that's why you stay ready. And, well, he wasn't ready. And uh, 94th minute clean sheet wipeout. <laughs> Tom? 
Aye, there was uh, no Ryan Jack, no Stevie Davis, no Kamar Roof in the stand 11 either. Arfield's still out. I imagine Roof probably wasn't risked. He's still recovering from injuries. He's obviously going to have plenty of time to recover now because he's out for two games. Um, but I suppose it was probably just because of the, the plastic pitch, they didn't want to risk him too much. Um, Rangers weren't too hot in front of goal. They only had two shots on target, as opposed to Hamilton, who had, had seven. I, I, I agree with Gunnar. I did feel like McGregor kept them in the game for, for a few periods. Eventually, it was Callahan. Uh, he was involved in equalising. He always seems to be involved with Hamilton. I don't, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have between now and the split, but it'll be interesting when, obviously, Hamilton are playing weaker opposition. He's probably one to focus in on post-split. Uh, for those post-split wildcards, I imagine he's probably going to be a popular player. Right. Uh, Jay said after the game, it's the worst Rangers played this season, and I, I do agree with what I've seen. I mean, there's no way you should be going to Hamilton, a team they bet 8-0 last time. Yeah. And then struggling... It was a struggle because Hamilton did the most chances to get a one-each draw. That I mentioned this a week ago or two weeks ago. We were talking about how Rangers would maybe take their eye off the ball after least pretty much done and dusted. So we'll see how the reaction. I mean, the league's league's over. It would take a miracle for somebody to catch them. But whether this is like a, a kick up the bomb they needed for the next game, they're playing Kamarnik at home next. If they start returning to kind of form again, then it's maybe watch. Certainly watch for it if they're, if they're well, most of them are triple-up defence, I suppose. Tom, you're on two, I think. So, if they go out and smash Kamala and blow away, then it's not to worry about because if they've had it. I mean, they've got to worry about their system. But if it continues on going forward, it's it's worrying asset-wise about their mentality going to the end of this season. But yeah, it was the first one of fixtures finished. So, next up with three last night. First up was Kilmarnock now, Motherwell won, so that would be the sixth defeat the truck, Gunnar, am I right? Because you said five. Right. Yep. Campbell goal, so his second goal of the game week, and a what assist, clean sheet, and this was also Tommy Wright's first game in charge of Kilmarnock, so take it away, Tom. We do Kilmarnock first? Kilmarnock, Motherwell first, yep. Yep, um, yep so uh, Alan Campbell with the, the goal, uh, Tony what assist, that's Campbell's second goal in second game, so two and two. Um, he scored with his only shot of the game. Devante Cole, again, we've talked about him. He was top for shots on target with three. He also missed a big chance. There was a diamond head in front of goal. You might have seen that. Um, as I said, I'll just say again, he's, he's the one to have out of Motherwell. And they've got a double coming up as well. So I'd probably be looking at him. It was um, the first game with Tom, Tommy Wright in charge and his input. It was Kilty and Kabamba back up front in a 4-4-2. This is something we've seen before. Kilty obviously playing out of position, but but failed to get anything in this game. And this was Motherwell's first clean sheet since October. Oof. So maybe not invest in them defensively right away. Um, but if they can shore things up at the back, it might be a sign to invest in the future. But I wouldn't jump in that for now. Big gun, your thoughts? Yeah, I have nothing more to add. There are two and two for Campbell. We said that before. Six loss for Kilmarnock. We said that as well. So that's it. I like the look of Campbell and Watt under Graham Alexander. I think Tony Watt always seemed to think, I don't like using the word lazy, but it didn't seem as if he was always trying his hardest. And I think in the last couple of games, watching him just doing the eye test under this new manager, 
he's working his socks off, doing a lot of dirty work. He's got a nice partnership with Devante Cole, you said, Tom. Uh, just something I'm going to watch going forward, I think, because I'd also like Campbell as well. But he seems to be stepped up to the plate, not like in the Turnbull role, but he seems to be the main man in midfield. Evans going through him because of Graham Alexander. So, interesting for the rest of the season how this team keeps playing how they perform they're going to be in the bottom six they're going to be playing as I've mentioned before the weaker teams if they've got probably the standout squad I would think the squad that probably should get should have made top six mm. so they keep improving then I, I wouldn't be against maybe bringing two or three more of us in after this but not all would be guaranteed starters we'll just wait and see how it goes on uh, Tommy Wright obviously first game in charge I read the day that he's actually only got four players who won't be out of contract at the end of the season, so he's got an absolutely massive building job on, on his hands. So, again, you're, you're not maybe you, you won't really know Tommy, right? Was he, was he, in, was he gone for you, St. Johnson? I'm starting the season, wasn't it? So, yeah, he had St. Johnson really punched him on the rate for years and years and years. I think they finished third a couple of times, third and fourth. He was there for seven years, and he also had them in Europe a couple of times. So, he just seen the, the job he'd done. Obviously, he was obviously using a smaller budget and getting there. It's a totally different challenge for him. So my thought is, do you think it's a good appointment and do you think he will keep them, steady the ship and keep them up? Tom, we'll start with you because you've got more on Tommy Wright. You've seen him. Aye, so when he was at St. Johnston, he won the Scottish Cup. That was against Dundee United and that was a first ever major trophy. Um, he got them to three domestic semi-finals and in 2016-17 season, that was the third successive fourth place finish and a securing of European football. I think he also managed to get them into the uh, the third knockout round of the of the Euro- Europa qualifiers as well. So I mean, that's that's decent for Scottish football. <laughs> uh, I think he'll probably keep them up. Yeah, I think he's got the know-how. He knows the league. I think he's got the will to motivate the players and, and keep them up. But it's just, it's just, it's the same story with Kilmarnock. I think they've done that a few seasons now. They sign a load of players on one-season contracts and then. It's a complete rebuild job every summer, so it's probably it's probably going to be like that for a wee while. I imagine the lack of loss of finances through yeah, this season good. due to COVID. Nobody really wants to, to to take a bet on a on a player. So I think Scotland, some of the the teams they'll be looking at a lot of one month uh, one season contracts just so they don't end up having someone crocked and having to pay their wages for extensive periods of time. But I, Back to Tommy, right? Yep, I reckon he, I reckon he's the man for the job. Tommy's like to comment there. I didn't even know you had the notes ready. That was like a tee up there with the Tommy Wright question, but you're that well prepared. I mean, That's right. he's, he's buzzing because he missed last week. He's got notes on copious amount of notes. Just ready. Every, <laughs> every scenario I can throw him, he's got notes on it. So, you may not always watch for Tommy Wright. What's your thoughts on the appointment and Jake? I'll keep them up. Right, so I have no prior knowledge on him. So after having listened to Tom, I'm inclined to agree. And then they'll, they'll nick a few points here and there. And well, so if you if you think of a football manager game, this is probably a really good summer, you know, out out with the old, in with the new. Just depends if I think this season they're not going to go down. They're going to pick up enough points to stay in the league. And then depends what they do if they if they can keep some of these players. I think the the problem with like these short contracts is. Players are obviously playing for a move, but if you need players then to like give their all in like a relegation battle, and then they're playing against teams where where players are maybe not on one season contract, so they know they're they're gonna be there next year. 
you know they 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 might they might give that little bit extra you know then compared to when you know you're not going to be there in the next season so they definitely stay in this year and then it'll be an interesting summer to see how they rebuild yeah plus on top of that there's a lot of teams that's got similar budgets so if you're like a Dundee United or something like that or a St Mern who's splashed the cash we've got recently St Mern and they can go look to these players hmm. your top six we're building somewhere sign a pre-contract all above board I mean there's players for, uh, well, I don't know if Kelly's one of the players but Kelly's a player you'd think I want to take him and a St Mern team maybe try to improve him of course right something like that uh, last game of the game week because the Livingston and Hamilton game was postponed again. St. Mirren now Celtic 4. So we had Rogic goal, Edouard goal, Christy goal, Turnbull goal, uh, John Joe Kenny assist, Rogic assist, and a clean sheet for Celtic. So we'll start with you, Gunnar. Yeah, I don't even have too much on that to say, like stat wise. Like, I don't know about you guys, but it's just been a really long time since we've seen such dominant, dominant Celtic performance. Like players like your Christie's, your Rodgers, your, your Edward, even the defense overall. What I mean is no Duffy. You, you didn't have Frimpong. <laughs> you don't have Ayer at, at center back. All, all these players, they're, they're showing that they're actually cut above like the players they're playing against or like that's what they should be, you know, like just by going the, the wages they're being paid and what they want in their careers, etc. So they, it's, it's been a long while since we've seen performance like that and I just thought Celtic played really really well and um, defensively they look much more solid with Duffy out of the side and also Kenny replacing Frimpong it just gives you someone who's not bodied so easily on the ball and who only knows one direction that's like going forward you know he, he knows how to defend as well and having Ayer centrally uh, I think that that helps as well with the solidity at the back Okay, just before I let Tom in, I'll just say, I know the score looks 4-0, it's fantastic. But I thought we were very poor in the first half. The yeah, I've, only, half I've only watched the highlights, so it's good to see that. The second half, they did turn a bit more and they looked better, but the first half was very much the same old where it's been. It was 1-0, bit of magic we took by Rodrick, and a bit of turgid affair. But then the second half, whether you say tactical-wise, they stepped up, they played a much better. Uh, Ayer, I think looked amazing coming from the back. He's starting to look. I mean, I listened to a podcast alone, and pretty much the same what I was thinking. He's pretty much got that air about him now, where he looks like he's too good for the league. Are you? He stands out, but he's too good. It'll be off the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest at the back, Kenny. I mentioned last week. I brought him in. I think he's getting nailed to end of the season. Bam injury. I think he's a good option to nail her. I don't think is his nail because lacks out there. Though maybe. Lenny's now thinking if he's not here next year, I'm going to play guy this year. Aye, the centre back is much better. Bain's in for the season. Maybe it didn't think so much after that lost goal against Motherwell, but clean sheet didn't much do this time. In midfield again, Brown's kept his position because of the so called sorrow we, we crash. He's always going to be excuse not to play him. What is it, Ed? Food poisoning? Something oh, else? Yeah. Uh, and then it was. Uh, <laughs> Then he had a wee car crash over the next something else for you So he's excuse to play Scott Brown. I mean, he's poor sorrow. Turnbull's pretty much nailed. McGregor's nailed. Up front, Edward's coming at a bit of form. A jetty, I don't know. I think he might be shite. <laughs> he might be. Just seeing him play, I'm going, he's not really... I mean, I've been moaning with Griffiths plays and these things, but I think the Griffiths and Edward partner, partnership looks to bear more fruit so far than Edward. Majetti, even though Jetty looks... Silky times, but I don't know what I've seen so far. Which I thought the game, Tom. 
Yeah, um, I'd probably agree with you on the the the, 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 the sorrow shout there, though. I don't know how advisable it is to play contact sport if you've got a, a whiplash claim coming through. But <laughs> um, I thought St. Mirren, I, th- I felt like they thought they could get a result in this game. They weren't camped out in their own box, 10 men behind the ball. They were getting forward. It was, I think it was a bit of slack passing that kind of let them down a wee bit. Um, McGrath, he obviously injured his shoulder quite early on in the game. He was jostling with Welsh for the ball in the middle of the pitch. And it was then Welsh in the 68th minute. He was stretched off, so a couple of injury doubts there. It's a bit of a shame for Welsh because a young boy um, coming through into the first team. He's looked decent up until now, so hopefully he's not out too long. You don't want him to kind of lose the rhythm. Uh, Rogic got the opener. That's one goal and one assist in that game. That was his first return since game week 14. Uh, Edward got the second goal with the penalty. I don't think it was a penalty. I haven't looked at the, the highlights. Uh, he missed a big chance as well. Uh, Rogic pa- passed it to him quite quite close to the, the goal mouth and he put it just wide. Um, but he has had eight goals in eight games and also one assist and one penalty one as well. So he's the form player at Selic. And he's probably the one to have as well. Uh, Christie hasn't been starting. He came off the bench. He'd had, he had a decent impact to the game. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he started the next game. And I think McGrath will be a big loss if he's out for an extended period of time for St. Mirren. They do have a couple of doubles, but I think he's a key player for them. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on without him. So that's what I took from the game. What was the notes of McGrath? Was it this the shoulder? Is that what it was? It looked like a shoulder issue. Yeah, it came looked, off after about 16 minutes and he didn't it, play on. So It looked quite an op, a, enough an injury. But I, I come in together a tackle, the two of them fell, he rolled over and up the other side of shoulder was different from his pockets. We had, we had sockets on us, where I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Or on Welsh, I'll keep you updated because normally he out, he's out running and you can see him. He runs up and my back garden was a fence and it looks like it's a big, <laughs> big massive main road. No, I've seen it before. And you can run basically between the graveyard and the, and the flyover. And I think it's, if you do a circle, it is 1.5 mile. And I think he runs up doing that twice to keep his conditioning up. And you see right. him all the time doing it. So if he's out running about the next couple of days, I know it's snowy conditions, but the man's built like a side of the house. So if you see more and all, he's updated, he's still fit. He's run out in a full Celtic tracksuit. I've seen him with Celtic it on once, and I don't know if he maybe get a lot of people stop and stuff like that. So since then, it's been a beanie hat on and sure it was Scotland under 21 gated on at some point, or Scotland mm-hmm. tracks it of some sort. Right, we'll move on. That's the game finish. Obviously, I've already mentioned the Lumsden Hamilton is postponed, so assuming that will jump into a game week down the line. I'll just quickly look at this because I'm arrogant and I don't want to see this. The minute Sutty's stuck thing up here. It can't be next game week because Hamilton obviously has a double game week. So I think the closest they can get that back in would be game week 30 or game week 31 for Livingston and Hamilton. Because next week, well, Hamilton's got another goal at Mern, so it can't be there. So this week coming up. So if I really push it in quickly, it might be the next second or third game week rather than the one closest is. Because I've once a cup, so there's, not, there's no Scottish Cup action, so they can get it in one of the kind, I suppose, by the week. Yep. Right, we'll go to predictions as it stood. Peter was in 30 points, Tom 19, Gura was in 33. So, how'd we on? Where am I? Hibs Aberdeen, we all got it wrong, we all predicted a draw. St. Mirren, Kilmarnock, 
I say three one a point. Tommy said two one a point. Gunnar got it bang on two 0 three points for Gunnar, and we all got the Rangers result wrong. We all took big wins, so it didn't happen. So as it stands now, it's thirty one points. Peter, Tom, twenty. Gunnar's on thirty six. So the game week ahead, another double, another double game week. Weather permitting, obviously. Hope this goes away. We get the finish it all. We've got Aberdeen versus St Mirren, Dundee United, Livingston, Motherwell, Hamilton, Rangers, Kilmarnock, Ross County, Hibs, St Johnson, Celtic. And the doubles will be Celtic, Aberdeen, and St Mirren, Hamilton. So I'm going to ask you to predict three games. First up, Dundee United, Livingston, and I've went one 0 Livingston. Tom, two 0 Livingston. Get up. 1-0 to Libby. Right, after that is Motherwell Hamilton, the Lancashire Derby. I went 3-0 Motherwell. Tom? 1-1. Good up. 1-1, yeah. And the last game of the game week, I ask you predict St. Johnson versus Celtic, and I went 2-0 Celtic. Tom? Duffy's back, so that's the clean sheet out the window, so I think 3-1 <laughs> Celtic. <laughs> Good up. I couldn't have said it better myself, but I'm going to go 2 1. Okay. Right. Bring us on to the transfers, captains, and vice captains. But so I'll go first. Captain, the transfer this week is quite a straightforward one. I'd always have it planned. I'm bringing Devante Cole back in. I was worried during that game week there that he might have scored a couple of goals, but he didn't. He wasn't involved in any, any assists, any point return. So I'm glad of that. He's coming for Oakley for Kilmarnock, who was only in for the doubles. Another return was based for a couple of them as well, so it didn't work out. So I'm going to call back in. I will be captain in path, I think. I hope we call Marnock. I do not think Tom will have enough time in his hands to turn this Kilmarnock team round. I think Rangers will be hurting after that drop points. They go out to maybe blow Kilmarnock away. And because of double game week, I will be vice-captaining Turnbull or Kenny. Not going to say did you. Because obviously Tom has got to score to get the double returns and Kenny needs to keep a clean sheet. So your thoughts, transfers, captains, face captains, we'll start with you, Gunnar. Yeah, captain, I'm going to go Tavernier as well. And then vice captain, I think I'm going to stick with what I've done the past two weeks. I'm just going to stick it on Edward again. I'm playing St. Johnson and Aberdeen. It's between Edward or, or Ayer for vice captain, but probably Edward because that's worked the past two weeks. And then transfer, I've just noticed McGrath, he's not... Flagged as injured in the game. So I thought I was actually okay for transfers, but now when he is out, uh, he's probably the one coming out for me. It's just the only midfielder that I really liked was Martin Boyle, and I got him last week. So yeah, Mullen and McGrath are my problem positions, and I don't I don't know who to bring in. So if you guys have any ideas, I'm what about open Ka- for everything. What about Callahan for the double? Oh, that's a shout, yeah. Who, who is Hamilton playing? They're playing Motherwell and Summer. That's decent games as well. Because as Tom said earlier on, he is. We mentioned it. He's a talisman. If, if he score goals, he's normally he's on he's on corners, he's on free kicks, he's on pens. If he scores he's goals, a, he's, he's normally there or thereabouts. He's the same price range as well, I think, as McGrath. So that that, that would fit as the fifth midfielder. Yeah, just that's a, probably just, that's a good just move. A point doesn't want to take him back out a week later, but Aye. Tom. Um, I've got Roof, so he has to go and. To get in Edward, I'll have to get rid of Elanusi. So here comes hits. Here comes more hits. <laughs> uh, so it'll be Boyle um, in for Elanusi or Campbell. I've not decided yet. One of those two. 
and then Roof goes, and Eddie comes in. Captain Tav and Vice Captain Edward. comes in, yep. Okay, we'll go to Twitter for questions then. Not many this week, I don't think, so we'll refer them quick before we go into a bit of FPL chat. Here we go. Right. First question is about a tongue in cheek by Sutty. Are you better predicting weather than Michael Fish? If so, will this is the game be cancelled before or after the deadline? So look at this for Sutty. He's a bit of, he's in a bit of luck. Livingston did not play another home game in March. Now, I know we can't predict Scottish weather, but I'm pretty confident come March we'll be all right. Is there any say on this? These, I know it's not really a question, more of a tongue-in-cheek point, but <laughs> yeah, do you have any thoughts on the Livingston game being suspended on an all-weather pitch? Gunnar? For me, it's just a name, and like, call it a plastic pitch, and okay, no one talks about it, but like, you call it an all-weather pitch, and then you've got I don't know, 10 centimeters of snow sitting on it. It's it's not really an all weather pitch, is I it? Know, if you can't play a, on it, it's a mistake. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, fans arguing back and forth last night about it because going, well, What do you want us to do? Because it's t- a foot of snow. People are getting triggered and biting all the time. Like, well, mm-hmm. why he's caught an all weather pitch? He's just caught a plastic pitch and he can't clear the snow off it. And that's it. What's your, what's your thoughts, Tom, on that situation with Livingston? Surely. Cover teams it. Surely teams <laughs> in Scotland, they should come up with a, a, a way of combating snow. I mean, we've had some pretty harsh winters. Surely there must, must be something to do. Cover it up, use a plough, install some radiators underneath it, they thaw it out. There must be some way around it. You would have thought, right, just, just me thinking, that the, the forecast was like a week ago. They haven't played since the, the game midweek. Just cover it up, leave it there, take the snow off the top of it, it's a plastic pitch. You don't need to worry about the actual grasp of the solid. Right. Then take it for there. But it is what it is. It's done now. You can't ever out it. Well, right. People people in Scotland like a conspiracy theory. So perhaps with Guthrie and Mullen and the boys out, they've let, they've let it snow so they can get the game postponed and they'll play it again once everyone's fit. How far up does it go, Thomas? I know, but how far up the line does it go, this conspiracy theory? Well, we all know Peter Lowell controls Scottish football, so... I think it's the buck lies with him in that one. Okay. <laughs> the last question is from Brian Blades. Or Blades attack, sorry, Brian. What are the thoughts on Nisbet being dropped in the past few games? Time to bin him. We'll start with you, Tom. I'd, I'd say yes, because we don't know when, when he's going to come back. We don't know if he's down tools. We don't know what the situation is surrounding that. Um there's a lot of decent striker options just now. Devante Cole, Edwards on form. I think he's decent money as well in this bit, so he's, a, he's taking up a bit of your budget doing nothing. Um, if it, people are struggling for cash, then it might be wise to downgrade um, and use the money to upgrade a midfielder to, to Boyle. Because I think midfielder's a position that's there's, it's lacking some standouts, but Boyle is one of those standouts. So a lot of people maybe have Marciano, a defender, and then Boyle might be a better option than this bit. So I'd probably say aye. Get rid. Are you going to your thoughts on it? See, I'm trying a bit of uh, like reverse psychology. Basically, if everyone gets rid now, I'm going to stick with him. I'm uh, you. Because, you go. <laughs> because I don't, I, I don't think there are that many good striker options. Cole and Edward already have them, and uh, until there there is another striker sticking out, uh, I'm not willing to to use another transfer on on this bit because I I think I've I've took him out and brought him back in twice already this season and like I am predicting a time where 
Hibbs will struggle to score goals and he will come on or start the game. And uh, once he scored a, game, a goal or two, then, then he's back in the starting lineup or you'll, you'll see him more often at least. And uh, like before we see someone uh, yeah, taking this, the striker spot uh, from the three strikers that we can have in the game, I'm, I'm keeping him. Uh, I think plus I don't I don't need the funds as well like I still like I brought Martin Boyle in this week and I, I still have like a 0.8 million just sitting in in the in the bank there and I've got Edward I've got I've got all like not all the heavy hitters, but I've got the heavy hitters heavy hitters that I want and I still got money left over so I don't see a reason for me uh, making that transfer out right I'm inclined to agree with you you know I think it's just a wee phase he's a wee, a wee teenage girl here He's just a wee half thing to get his move, right? But if he's going to be realistic about it and he wants to play in the Euros and he wants to get his move, he's going to have to get his finger out and actually start playing. I could be left out for his own benefit, transfer request. I think it will come to pass. I'd like to think it's this week with Hipscott. They have got Ross County away. If he's benched for the next game week or two, then fair enough. Maybe your hand's forced and you've got to get rid of him, but... I can see him coming back in. I can see him going to be actually trying really, really hard for the end of the season because I think it's between him and Shanklin for that third striker choice. And I think he's really, I think he's a better option, personally, but I've seen. I think he's a better player and a better striker than Shanklin. And if he wants his move, I think he'll need to start delivering again. And I, I would keep him for now. But again, I see Tom's point. If striker's up top. But then again, there isn't that usage. There's quite a lot of options. I don't think there is. I think it's Devante Cole, Edward, maybe Roof if he's fit, and that's it. I don't know, with the rotation in the Livingston midfield, you could argue Pittman's a decent option. Yeah, maybe, maybe true, yeah. He's, a, he's more nailed. Um, you're going to have to see the impact Tommy Wright's going to have. So Kabamba might come back into the fold. Um, <coughs> I, think, I think there's more options. Ollie Shaw obviously was benched, but he's been decent form recently as well. Um, so I don't think it's just the two. I think there'll be more, there'll be more coming out of the fold soon, I reckon. <laughs> Just think for when he's probably his top goal scorer. Is he still top goal scorer? He's not Edward Gordon out in the league, but he's up there all season. I think he can score against any team. He's short against Rangers and Celtic. If I keep a hold of him, but then your hand could be forced if he's, if he's not playing much longer. So there we go. Three different opinions on that. I answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> right, ready to go about FPL chat? Go for it. Right, let me load it up. Bang. Right, we'll go to Link first. The top three has remained the same. Gunnar, yourself, lost Pimentores, top, 71 points. Second, Picnic George, Daniel Arnott, 78 points. Third, Boys and Hoops, Jerry Agnew, 61 points. And the highest goal scorer this week was me, 82 points. Da, 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 da. So, <laughs> the average this week, and I'll talk some about shit. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we didn't finish last week's. So what I done is I wrote again in two weeks and combined them. Last week's average fifty-seven points, fifty-eight points average this week, which gives a total of one-one-five. So last week I had sixty-eight, and this week eighty-two. That's one-fifty. Tom you sixty-nine last week, seventy-three this week, which is one-four-two. Guru did eighty-five last week, seventy-one this week, which is one-five-six. So we're all well above it. Gunnar, obviously, in the new mini game, you look at that way, Gunnar won. So, you better talk through your points from this week, Gunnar. Yeah, I had Martinez in goal for nine points. Stones got me two points, zero points off Trent. Justin, who's now injured, uh, another one injured, nine points. Kufal got me six points. Salah with the seven points. 
Bruno, 14 points. He was my captain. Gundogan, he got 13 points, unfortunately. Suchek, zero points. Watkins for nine points. Antonio, two points. And I left Calvert-Lewin's 12 points on the bench. So it could have been, could have been oh, even sorry. better. Yep. Tom, do I take us for your points? Yep. I had Martinez in goal as well for nine points. Cancelo and Stones got me two points each. Cresswell got me nine points. Dunk got me nine points. Uh, in midfield, I had Harrison for nine points. Gundogan got me 13. Lingard got me three. Fernandez seven. Bamford, six. And Captain Antonio got me four. On the bench, I had Salah, seven points. And I had Calvert-Lewin, 12 points. Yeah, bit of a stinker. And Mitchell won, so that's not a big laugh. Okay, so I had same as yours. Martinez and goals for nine. Cancelo and Stones to each. My transfer was James for two. And midfield, Captain Sun, 20 points. Gundogan, 13. Grealish, 2. Salah, 7. Fernandez, 7. Panther, 6. And Calvert Loon for 12. On the bench. Only one I could miss out on was Dawson for 6. And that's it. So, 82 points. Particularly happy with that. So, Tom, do you want to talk through any talking points we've seen in the last week of FPL games? Yeah, so um, with Saturday's fixtures, it was Villa 1, Arsenal 0. It was Ollie Watkins with the goal and Trory with the assist. Villa have had three clean sheets in their last five. <coughs> I think Martinez has made a strong claim for the goalkeeper of the, the season. Um, I think after these doubles, if you don't have them, then get him back for the remainder. Um, Grealish has had one goal and three assists in his last five. It's um, it's since game week seven, he's only got more than one attacking return in a single game week, and that was two assists against West Brom. So he, he does seem to have the ability to haul. We've seen that earlier in the season where he got two goals and three assists, but not a lot recently. Um, Watkins has taken along nicely. He's had four goals in his last five games. Um, Arsenal, they're hard to judge recently. Uh, they've only scored one goal in their last three. They've had a couple of sending-offs and things like that. So, um, before recently, Saka was a big standout. I'm not too sure on Arsenal assets going forward, so something to keep an eye on. In the Burnley game, it was 1-1. Uh, Munderson got the goal for Burnley. Peters with the assist. And Brighton, it was Dunk with the goal. And Pascal Gross with the assist. I was all over Dunk this week. Quite happy with that. His, <laughs> his last uh, we, saw the, we saw the gifts, though. We saw the gifts. Yep. The last five game week scores, he's had eight, six, six, eight, and nine. And in the last nine games, he scored three goals, which I think is decent for a centre-back. Um, I don't know if he'll stay in my team with uh, the upcoming potential wild card, bench boost, etc. Um, but if you're not bench boosting or wild card, then I think he's a, I think he's a, a strong option in defence. He's not that expensive as well. I think he's only 4.8. Just on um, Dunk, Tom, by the way, he was really good, really good last year as well. I did for a fair bit last year in FPL, Dunk. I think he was really oh, cheap good last year. And he'd done a, I think a similar spell where Brighton went through a good patch of form and he was scoring a lot of goals for corners. And I was like, what I've got on my team? I just didn't think about the issue, to be honest. But sorry, continue. I think it was last season, the season before, a lot of people triple captained him for, the, for his double. Some people were a bit mental. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I do think he's a decent FPL option. Um, Newcastle 3 and Southampton 2. Uh, Newcastle had a, had a good game Almiron got two goals Willock got one and St Maxim got two assists 
for Southampton, it was Minamino and James Ward-Prose with the two goals. Assist came from Bertrand and Adams. I think that was Minamino's debut, was it? And he got scored. Debut. Yeah, scored yep. I think he's I think he's playing again tonight as well, for what I've seen. Um, for St. Maxim, that was his first start since game week nine. And I really do think he's the a, a missing ingredient at Newcastle. He was, he was really good at the start of the season. Um, I still don't know if it's enough for me to jump back on him just yet, but I, I think he was in my, my, my first team in game week one. Um, there's talk of Newcastle, have, they've brought in a new coach who's started to play this sort of diamond in the midfield and it seems to be working quite well for them. So something to keep an eye on at Newcastle. Um, Fulham, nil. West Ham, nil. A lot of people captained Antonio this week and it didn't quite work out. There was a bit of concern about his um, injury status, but uh, apparently he's going to be available for the Sheffield United game. From what I'm hearing on, on, on Twitter. Um, Cresswell, three bonus points in this game. He's had eight assists this season, which is top for defenders. So I really like Cresswell as a defensive option. Um, Man United three, Everton three. Fernandez, McTominay, and Cavani got the goals. Assist came from Shaw, Rashford, and Wan Bissaka. Uh, for Everton, uh, Calvert Lewin got a goal and assist. Dakuri got a goal and assist. Ames Rodriguez got a goal, and Keane got an assist. Calvert-Lewin, that's now two and two after coming back, but there's concern over his injury last night in the Spurs game. He's going for a scan, but it's possibly a hamstring tear, and he's not to be expected back for the double game week. Um, so that's a bit of a concern for, for those. I think a lot of people have a transfer, transfer nailed in now. Um, Shaw, that's two assists. Two, uh, sorry, three assists in his last two games. But two of those assists came against this 10-man Southampton. So can't read into that a lot, but he is very high up um, for defensive, for defenders stats-wise, for, for, for creative. So he's got a good few assists in him, I think. Um, so there was Sunday, Spurs 2, West Brom 0. Kane and Son got the goals. Mora and Hoiberg got the assists. Kane's back. That was a clean sheet for Spurs. Um, obviously, a lot of talk about Mourinho setting up defensively, but that, that was only their second clean sheet in the last 11 games. Um, not a lot to say about West Brom. Wolves, nil-nil. Justin got all three bonus points. He's had two goals and two assists in this season. He was stretched off last night in the, the cup game. What does it's not as bad as what they initially expected? He was stretched off, but apparently he's starting to put weight on his leg and it might not be as bad as initially thought. So keep an eye on the pressures for that. Um, Liverpool won, City four. Gundog got two goals. He's had five goals and one assist in his last five. Um, City have had 13 clean sheets this season as well. I thought they were unlucky to concede. Um, there was the, the Diaz foul. It was a, it was a penalty by the the letter of the law, but I thought Salah made a bit of a meal of it. Um, Sterling as well, he's doing well recently. He's had three goals and one assist in his last five. There's been some talk about people switching up from having the two defenders and Gundogan, dropping the defender and looking at Sterling and Gundogan in midfield for the double game week coming up. I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts. 
Um, Sheffield United won, Chelsea two. It was an own goal and for Sheffield United and Burke got the assist. I think Chelsea have been really good defensively. I think they're top for defensive stats under uh, Tuchel. Uh, Jorginho and Monk got the goals and it was two assists from Werner. Um, it was a really good own goal and I quite like him as a Chelsea defensive option. He's only 4.6 million. He's probably not going to offer a lot attacking-wise, but at that price and given the, the defensive stats at Chelsea, I think he's, a, he's a, going to be a decent option, potentially with the potential double coming up. I think we still have to see how things go tonight with the FA Cup, but it's, 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 I think it's fairly nailed on, to be honest with you. Um, last game then is Leeds to Palace nil. Harrison and Bamford got the goals. Dallas and Rafinha got the assists. Rafinha looks like a cracking player. Um, Dallas, he got the three bonus in this game as well. We know he's playing out of position. Uh, he's had four goals and three assists this season. Not this coming game week, but the game week after. Leeds have a confirmed double game week. I think the triple up is probably a good idea, but it's going to be hard for those that are well carding in 25 in preparation because then Leeds don't have a double in 26. So that's that's probably the big dilemma. Um, we'll probably have to look more into that for, for next week. <clears throat> Palace haven't scored this season without Zaha, so that's something to consider, considering he's out injured just now. And Bamford captained himself, so maybe keep an eye on Bamford's team. <laughs> Get some FPL tips from him. There's a lot of people annoyed online. You know what it's like? A lot of knee-jerk uh, saying players shouldn't be allowed to play FPL. <laughs> because they try harder than the captain myself. You're like, right, come on, pal. It's just because they're playing a game. They're going to try. It's, they try no matter what. It's professional pride. Just because you've not got me this week and you're butt hurt because you missed out and you scored and you captain yourself. I saw this. <laughs> going to again add to Tom's fantastic FPL rundown. That was a so comprehensive uh, rundown. I don't have anything to add. I don't think. He <laughs> that bottled up for two weeks. He that bottled up for two weeks. I'll be a quick look through the results of what I've seen. The two things. Uh, what is it? Newcastle wanted to point out he his job was annoying recently, you think. And I don't know if he's a move of changing tact that just staying up isn't enough. They've got to play better eye catching football. And they seem to have done that. They seem to have turned the UC to bring a coach in. As if they've, they've tried to play more, more attacking football rather than just try to shop, shop 1-0 and stuff like that. So they've, they've totally changed the last couple of games. Just watching the match of the day, you can see their, their style of play has totally changed. And if they keep on getting their results, even, even if it's 3-2s, 2-1s or 1-0s or draws, whatever, then I think Newcastle might be assets for the second half of the season. There you go, that's your Peter tip of the week going forward. <laughs> right. Predictions as it stood, 25, Peter, 12, Tom, Gunnar, 16. As you see, our scores are much lower in the English game. We're not exactly the best at predicting these games. So, Villa, Arsenal, we all went right, but not the score, not the correct score. 2-0, 2-1, 3-1, so a point. Liverpool City, me and you got a point, Tom. Gunnar picked Liverpool. I think Gunnar was on too much Guinness that night. <laughs> uh, and I got a point for the Burnley Brighton draw. So you're going to, and Tom went 1-0 Brighton. So as it stands now, it's Peter 28, Tom 14, and Gunnar 18. So I'm going to ask you to predict these next three games. Some form teams here, Brighton, Villa, and I went 0-0, Tom. 
1 1. Good up. 2 1 to Villa. Arsenal and Leeds, and I've went two each. Tom. 3 1 Leeds. Good up. 2 1 Leeds. No faith in Arsenal at all, have we? And last up is Chelsea Newcastle. And after me saying nice in Newcastle, I went to know Chelsea. Tell them. 2 um, 0 Chelsea. Get it. 2 0 Chelsea as well. Okay. So before I get into transfers and captains, I want to ask you to look at your team and tell me how many players you've got on your full squad that is flagged. And I'll start. I've only got one, and it's Calvert Loon. Tom, many players you get flagged? I've got two Calvert Loon and Antonio. Gunnar? I've got four. I've got Calvert Loon, Diaz, Antonio, and Justin. Now, I'm not saying I already locked that out, Gunnar, but I've done your last, so you'd have the biggest problem. <laughs> so, obviously, that will affect transfers and captains, right? So, my transfer was going to be Dawson to a Burnley defender for a double game week because. Burnley's next couple of fixtures look decent. I think after this game, West Ham had a couple of tricky fixtures. And I was going to come off Dawson anyway, so I was going to maybe go to Burnley for three or four weeks and come off him. Now, if Calvert Lewin's flag, like you said, Tom, and he's not going to play, fair enough. But I've also got Son, Son in the bench right now, so I could just rotate it for a week because I'm going to replace the next week with Kane anyway. And I wouldn't bring Kane into the Man City game. I might still go ahead with bringing a Burnley defender, so I've got a double game week guy. So, Gunnar, what's your thoughts on transfers? Also, you've got four players that flagged. So, do you have two transfers, Gunnar? You didn't use one last week, did you? I banked my transfer last week, yes. So, I do have Andy. two transfers. Um, so, I want a Burnley defender as well. Uh, looking ahead, one more week, I think, by game week 25, I want to have Kane and Bamford as my striking options. I've got Antonio and Calvert-Lewin injured. So, that, that could be two. I've got six and a half million, I think, in the... In the bank, so I could definitely upgrade Calvert Lewin there. It's just I've got Diaz instead of Cancelo, so that that a bit of a sideways move. But I don't I don't think I'll be going double City midfield. I'd rather stick with the double defense. Just going on form, you, I, I could probably lose Trent as well because. Well, I've got I've got the, his like like return out of him at least like last week where he got the two assists I think it was or a goal and assist, um, but form they're in even Allison can't can't do anything anymore so like, but at least he's not injured so yeah Burnley defender is 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 who I want but again I've got Justin Diaz injured and then the two strikers injured but Bamford and Kane are the two that I'm looking at. Yeah. We're doing See, captains as well, or yeah, do your captain. I, I made his right now sitting on Gundogan. Yeah, Gundogan. Tottenham is probably the tougher game of the two. Currently, I still have it on Bruno, but I'm going to be switching between Bruno and Gundogan until the deadline. I think. See, so just on your Burnley defender, Brian. What's your options? Because obviously, people are thinking, is it Tarlowski, me? Is it Loughton who played Loughton for them as well? And um, Peters, that's a forum, that's a back four they've been playing. Is that right, Tom? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the wrong menu here. Uh, <laughs> I think the one on my watch list that I have, I can't pull it up now. I think it's Loughton. Is he one of the fullbacks, isn't it? 
Yep, because all right, it's Ben, it's me and Tarlovsky's centre backs, and it's Peters and Loughton's as two fullbacks. Why? Yep. Shall I Peters out? Is that right, Tom? I think so. That? Yep, I think it is. Yeah, see, Loughton, he's four and a half million. Peters, well, he's the centre half, but he's four point three. So I, I think I'll go for the for the fullback then. It's just point two million. Is Peters not playing out of position? Is he playing? Is he playing with the centre back? I thought he was playing one of the fullback roles. Oh, okay. No. I mean, um, the line up a back four, Peters on the, the left, Lowton on awesome. the right, and Tarkovsky okay. and me in the middle. Midfield is Goodmundison, Westwood, Cork, McNeil, and up front it's Barnes and Vidra. Right, so between Peters and Lowton, then it is. Yeah, see, I'm thinking, you know, it's the two of them, but Peters is much cheaper. I'm not really caring about the price because I've got the money there anyway, it doesn't really matter. And like yourself, I'll go to Kane probably next week after a Man City game. And you've got enough strong enough bench, you can just bring players out, no problem with your start eleven, because of injuries and flags. Well, I think so. So seeing how I benched uh, DCL's twelve points this week, uh, I think because I played the wild card before, uh, just just before we got another one, so I had I had it all prepared with like uh, good players playing twice through this like double game week, and yeah, so I had two weeks in a row now where I once once it was Suchek. Where I left all his points on the bench and now DCL, so it is like it is a good squad. It's just uh, I'm not picking the the right players in the in the right weeks. Okay, Tom, what's your thoughts then on trying to transfer what you've got? The players are flagged and for the game coming ahead and captain options. I think Antonio is going to be okay for the the weekend. Um, I I'm still not decided. I was thinking about getting rid of Forster. Benching Martinez and playing Pope, but there's some concern over Pope's status <coughs> as well. They're worried about whether he's going to be able to start or not. Um, I was maybe thinking about taking a hit as well. I'm not too sure. Tom loves those hits. Yep, <laughs> possibly. I was maybe going to take um because Calvert Lewin's going to be out, so you could. I was thinking we'd be getting a full striker in, but I'm not even too sure about that. I was maybe going to go Gundogan to to Sterling and Captain Sterling because I I just I just don't know how I feel about Captain Gundogan. My captaincy just now is on Fernandez, West Brom away. I think it's a nice fixture for him. Um, Plus Pogba's out again. Yep. So he always he always performs better without Pogba. So I just don't know. I think I'm going to have to wait till the pressures tomorrow. See what the situation is with Pope, and I think that'll probably decide. Me, and you me. have you have one transfer, you don't have two, so you've got one and a half. Need to be for you. Yeah, I can take. I can afford to take a punt because I was planning on wild card and twenty five anyway. Yeah. So I can just head in my team. Because I thought you were going to go to a Burnley defender. That's what you were talking for the week. Because this all changed because of all the flags. So now that's up there. Yeah, but then um, I was thinking about if Calvert Loon's out, that I could bring Dunk off my bench. Play Dunk instead. I do have a soft spot for him. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't decide just now. Usually I'm, I'm fairly set by about now, but I'm still collating all the information. I'm, I'm not. I, I'm just not 100% on what I'm going to do yet. Yeah, I think I'll be joining you. I'll be waiting until Saturday morning for my last-minute choices. I'm just going to have to wait. I'm, I've no rush. I'm off work this week. I can chill, look at things, read people's opinions on it and can I gather it and myself make my own choice on it but I still like the idea of like I said I can just bench Calvert-Lewin this week not going to be 
crazy because I'm going. I'm going to replace him next week anyway. I was going to bring Kane in next week after a Man City game, so mm-hmm. one week he can sit there for injured, and maybe go for that Burnley double up at the back. Let's see then, hopefully a clean sheet one of the games and maybe a return for one of the fullbacks. Like you know, say and see what happens for that. Right, so we are finished this week, guys. We'll start. Oh no, we'll end with our outro. So Tom, give me your plugs. So I'm at FFS underscore Scout. Um, we do try and do a weekly article, which will probably be coming out tomorrow. Uh, also, obviously, do the podcast. Uh, answer any questions. Rate my teams. Get me on Twitter. Hit me up. Where did the rate my teams come from? That's a new one. Uh, I said that one a while ago. Did you? This just uh, got me off guard. Rate my teams. I'm not sending my teams. Right, gonna have your plugs. Yeah, I'm at Fitball Weekly Pod. Originally started as another pod with my mate John, but that's been on hold for a few weeks now. I hope we can bring that back at some point. And then uh, we're doing the vice captain and captain polls uh, every week. We've done the graphics for the podcast, half hour fantasy podcast cup as well. And uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch, if you if you want to if you want me rating your teams, you can you can hit me up on Twitter as well. Yeah, ask him. He's high ranked. He's in there. <laughs> <laughs> also, you can find other replying to Rangers FC comments with me sick faces because they made an alliance with Hamburg. Just so you may have noticed if you follow us on Twitter. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> right, you can follow me at Fantasy Half on Twitter. Again, like guys I mentioned, follow both them. The the cup, we might talk about the cup. Hashtag HHFP Cup. We'll talk about that as the game as the weeks come closer to the cup starting. If you like you listen, you give us an iTunes review, be excellent, or a review by you your podcast. And again, that as I was finished to next week. I'm assuming again, guys, it's another double game week, so we're back on Thursday again if that suits both your schedules. Right. Talk about it off here. But once again, guys, thanks very much for listening. Thanks so much for keeping in contact and helping us in the community. And we'll see you again next week. Good luck for the game week coming ahead. Say goodbye, Tom. Goodbye. Goodbye, Gunnar. And goodbye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 